You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter podcast presented to you by PHL Sports Nation and sponsored by Anchor. My name is Matt Loopy. I'm with Logan Banker and Sean McMenamin today, and we're here to discuss the 27-24 loss to the Detroit Lions. The Eagles are going to fall to 1-2 and on the season, and they're going to be tied for second place in the NFC East behind the Dallas Cowboys. So overall, the Eagles came out looking much better. We really stressed Eagles getting to a better start, and they came out um, making a field goal on their first drive, which wasn't a touchdown, but it looked a lot better than what we saw in the past. So there was a lot to look forward to, but the, the kickoff uh, resulted in a touchdown for the Lions. You know, they ran it back 100 yards. TJ Edwards was really, really close about the 10 yard line of bringing down the uh, returner. Rudy Ford could not finish the tackling, and from there on, it uh, they just took it to the house, and it was 7-3 to three just like that. And when you think the Eagles had something going, had a good start to their game, it was taken away in just one play. And overall, the offense was still plagued by the drops. We had seven total um, coming from Matt Collins, Nelson Aguilar, Dallas Goddard, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So really, that has to improve. Uh, um, you never want to see Wentz have to struggle with his receivers. I know that they weren't fully healthy, but it was just so frustrating seeing all those drops. Uh, I believe a couple came from the running backs as well. And Matt Stafford just controlled the Eagles' defense. He was throwing uh, as he pleased. There was very uh, minimal pressure on him the entire game, and he was getting everything that he wanted with this Eagles secondary. And towards the end of the game, Malcolm Jenkins gave the Eagles a lot of hope he blocked the field goal and gave the Eagles Eagles a chance to march back down the field and win the game. Rasul Douglas had a great run back. Obviously, this was called back a little bit with the Jenkins block in the back, but they still had pretty good field positions to finish this drive. But you know, you got to feel for Carson Wentz. He tried to put it together a really good drive. Um, throw, I believe it was fourth and four, fourth and five. He threw a really, really good pass at Darren Sproles, and in order for Sproles to get it open, he pushed off just a tad, but it was called by the referee bumping them back even more, and then threw a great pass to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on that next play. Some can argue is underthrown a little bit, but at the same time, he's got to catch that ball, and that would have won the game. So really frustrating overall, but another very close game and a close loss for the Eagles. Yeah, it was definitely a very disappointing loss. And in our preview last week, we really harped upon not taking the lines lightly, and we saw right away, like you said, Matt, they came out punching, even though the Eagles got that field goal early on, they right away answered with the kick return for a touchdown. So the Lions are a good team, but really it came down to the Eagles just shooting themselves in the foot and a lot of their self-inflicted mistakes. And while Matthew Stafford did look pretty good, he also was given like pretty decent field position a few times because of the turnover. So there's a lot they have to clean up. And in terms of that Malcolm Jenkins penalty, I personally didn't think that was a block in the back. I think it was kind of more the Lions guy just fell into him and it was more incidental contact and kind of, epitomize how the refs were all game with the Eagles. They definitely favored the lines a little bit. Um and the Eagles didn't get as much luck from the refs. And like the Miles Sanders play, for example, on the kick return, 
I don't know how you don't call that um, Jason has. So there was a lot going wrong in that game, and ultimately Eagles couldn't win. Yeah, it was another difficult game to watch, another heartbreaking loss for the second week in a row. So it's just something you don't want to see. Wentz was really doing everything he could to try to win it, but the receivers fouled him in the end. And honestly, by the time the season's over, I think I'm going to have a heart attack if we keep cutting it close like these games, especially at home where you have to take advantage and win, especially against NFC opponents. And uh, speaking of the blocked field goal, right before they attempted it, Matt Prater, uh, my poppy had happened to fall asleep. And right when he blocked that, I was jumping up and down. I think I almost hit my head on the ceiling. I was so excited, electric, that we may have a chance to win but then, unfortunately, we couldn't get uh, five yards to at least put Jake Elliott in field goal range. And that's what uh, ended the game for us. So very unfortunate. Feel bad for Wentz, just like Matt said. So moving forward, we're definitely going to have to uh, pick up our gameplay. Yeah, I mean, this season has been a huge struggle going uh, just starting the season. We're only finished week uh, three, and there's a lot of struggles to deal with. With. There's a lot of injuries that have occurred. We're all aware of that. Um, but also just the team as a whole, the defense isn't as good as we expected. The offense isn't anywhere near as good as we expected. We've seen um, one half of good play out of this offense. The rest, they were either hurt or dropping passes. So really disappointing to see. And Sean's going to get into um, what needs to improve. But before we get into that, it's just um, the stuff that we saw the entire game is just so frustrating because we thought this, that this Eagles team was going to be one of the best in the league. So um, they need to tighten a lot of stuff up and get this going if they want to compete. Because although we're only down one and two, you know, the season's going to get going quickly and the Dallas Cowboys aren't slowing down anytime soon. So we got to get back to that win column. Yeah, the Eagles have really been underperforming and pretty much struggling to put together consistent performance for the majority of the game and slow starts have definitely plagued us uh, with the exception of this week as we got a field goal on the opening drive but uh, let the Lions get that kickoff return which just killed all momentum and pretty much uh, turnovers injuries and flags as a whole were a recipe for disaster in the early season as we have fallen to one and two which is definitely not the ideal start and the start we were looking to have uh, pers- I think the receivers have had way too many drops especially on Sunday as Matt said they they had seven total drops, which is unacceptable, something you cannot see in this uh, day and age of the NFL. And Wentz is, is putting it in spots where they should be catching it, uh, have the ability to catch it and go down the field for a possible touchdown, but really failing the team as a whole. Uh, the defense failed to generate stops when the team needed it most, uh, most specifically after the Eagles scored a touchdown. So moving forward, they will definitely have to uh, step up in those situations and get off the field quick for uh, Wentz to do his thing on offense. And surprisingly, offensive pass interference majorly cost the Eagles multiple times this Sunday as you saw uh, Matt Collins commit two penalties on the day. And then Darren Sproles at the end of the game where he made an incredible catch with the uh, defender right on him but happened to be called back. So that was uh, definitely a critical play in the game and ultimately cost us in the end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, those pass interferences, I mean, you don't really see too often um, that many pass interference calls against an offense. So it was definitely um, unfortunate. I thought, I believed all of those were pass interferences, so they deserved it. But I've never quite seen it affect the game that much. And, uh, yeah, the drops are definitely a big issue. But for me personally, my biggest issue is the lack of the pass rush from the front four. 
you know, you got Fletcher Cox. I know he's not 100%, but he's still on the field, so he has to produce. You got um, Brandon Graham, you got Derek Barnett. And if you kind of look in depth at the numbers, they technically are in the top half in terms of um, uh, pressure on quarterbacks, but they're not just, they're just not getting the quarterback to the ground. And um, uh, against the Lions, um, when the Eagles had to bring more than four pass rushers, so when, whenever they blitz, Matthew Stafford was uh, five of six for over 80 yards and a touchdown. And uh, me personally, I said they should bring the blitz more because historically Matthew Stafford isn't that great against the blitz, but he completely burnt them last game. So they got to figure out a way to get that front four going because that's supposed to be a strength of the team. And especially with Malik Jackson out, Tim Jernigan out, they really got to step it up or else they'll just keep getting in trouble in the future. Yeah, exactly. The pass rush has not been there at all. And that's something that's completely unacceptable for this team. They were, you know, bragging that they were the best pass rush in the league going into the season. And right now they have two sacks to, you know, show for it. And that's coming from Tim Jernigan and Andrew Sandejo. They weren't even starters in week one. Um, Tim Jernigan was plugged in week two because Malik Jackson was hurt. Um, but now he's out for extended period of time. Andrew Sandejo is a backup safety. You're not getting guys like Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. They're not getting Derek Barnett. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's playing very well, but he's not getting the sacks that he needs to be getting. Fletcher Cox isn't doing anything close to what he's capable of. And Doug Pearson did mention in his press conference after the game that um, it's similar to Brandon Graham's situation last year. He's still not fully healthy and he's uh, easing back into it and he's going to be a f- like full force very soon. But it's still frustrating because you know what he can bring to the table when he had a broken foot or a broken angle, whatever it was last year against the Saints in that playoff game, he was still a force and he was on a broken bone right now. He's almost a non-factor and he's, you know, considered to be almost fully healthy. So not really sure what's going on with that, but there's obviously a lot of other health issues with this team. Um, we got Ronald Darby just diagnosed with a hamstring injury. He's going to be out for some time now, but we really don't know the timeline for that. At first, uh, Ian Rappaport reported that it was just going to be a few weeks, but then Jim Schwartz said um, for a while. So we really don't know what's going to be happening with that. But the Eagles did promote uh, Craig James to the 53-man roster in result of that and waived Greg Ward as the result of that move. Um, but today in practice, we had Ronald Darby, Deshaun Jackson, and Tim Jernigan not participating with the team. Obviously, Darby and Tim Jernigan are not going to be playing uh, this Thursday. But Deshaun Jackson, there was a little bit of optimism among the fans that he was going to be back week four. But after he did not practice today, it looks like he's not going to be available available. Uh, Derek Barnett and Corey Clement were limited. This was pretty good to see out of Corey Clement. I'm not sure if he's going to be ready to play this upcoming week, but he was uh, going to be out for one to two weeks. So now that he's back getting some reps, that's really good to see out of him. And full participants included J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Andre Dillard, which is um, really big because that injury kind of looks scary. I didn't really see it that clearly, but he went down clutching his knee pretty badly. So I'm glad that he's okay and back to normal. Nate Gary, full participant. Dallas Goddard, he should be good to go. He played in week three, but um, really was a non-factor as well. Camus Grugier-Hill is looking to make his 2019 debut on Thursday. Alshon Jeffrey is looking to play. Uh, Doug Peterson said that he's really optimistic about him playing. And Nate Sudfeld is a full participant, full participant again this week, so he should be on the active roster again. I'm not sure if they're going to um, 
put McCown down as inactive or keep all three like they did they they did in week three. So we'll see what they do with that. But he is fully healthy from that broken wrist injury. Yeah, as we've seen, the Eagles have lost some key players to injury and really uh, suffered from the injury bug. And it's definitely key that we're getting Alshon and Camus Grugier Hill back this week in hopes of uh, boosting the team morale, you know, uh, serving as leaders on this team uh, for the younger guys. And pretty much, I think they can add a uh, missing element that we've suffered from in the past few weeks. Uh, the offensive line will definitely need to stay healthy. It's uh, key that Dillard is fine and was a full participant in practice. And it wasn't a major injury as initially looked pretty bad. And uh, the absence of Ronald Darby will definitely provide more opportunities for Rasul Douglas and some of the younger guys that can step up and uh, hopefully earn a starting role moving forward. Yeah, believe it or not, the Eagles are actually becoming a somewhat healthy team. You know, as uh, you guys said, Alshon's going to be back, Camus back. So that's obviously right there to a really big boost. You know, Alshon's the best receiver on the team. And Camus, he, he honestly has a chance to become the best linebacker on the team. So... Having them back will be huge. And um, in terms of Darby, I kind of suspect that we may not see him for a very long time because if you look back to last season, it's very similar to Darren Sproles where he's coming off an ACL. He has a extremely high usage over the first few weeks, and then all of a sudden he pops up on their injury report with a hamstring injury. So something like that, it's really hard to manage, and they're going to have to be super careful with him. So he may not be on the field for a while until he's completely 100% because – we know how hamstring injuries can be. We know how Spurls missed 10 or 11 games last year because of that one injury. So um, it's definitely a tough situation for Darby. But a good thing is they actually could get Craven LeBlanc back in a few weeks, could get Jalen Mills back in a few weeks. He's eligible to come off the pup list, uh, I believe, week seven. So they're actually getting there. And um, once they get Alshon and Deshaun Jackson back, the offense is going to look so much better. A lot, a lot of these issues will go away just because of that. So it's actually starting to look better on the health front for the Eagles. Yeah, great points there. After Ronald Darby was out with a hamstring injury, I thought the exact same thing. Logan did a good job, you know, solidifying this on his Twitter with a few tweets after the game. But just like we saw with Darren Sproles and also Dalvin Cook with the Vikings, after you tear that ACL, if you're not fully healthy or even if you think you are, you're more suspect to other like soft tissue injuries, uh, pulling muscles in your legs. So that's exactly what Ronald Darby's dealing with. And they really got to be careful with this because it's not going to be like a normal hamstring injury that, um, you know, a different player is going to suffer that was fully healthy last year. They got to take it slow and make sure that a re injury is not going to happen with him. Um, so that's definitely something to monitor. They're going to make sure that they take it slow with him. So we never know when he's going to come back, but yeah, the promising stuff is Jalen Mills, like, Logan said he'll be eligible to come back after week six. Um, they'll have, I believe, 21 days to be able to activate him to the roster. Craven LeBlanc will be available after week eight. So um, the cornerback group is going to get a boost, but right now we just got to trust in Rasul Douglas to step up in the new starting role. Um, so that's really big to see. And going into next week against the Packers, my key to victory is keeping the secondary tight. This is difficult for them to do because – um, they're very short on players and they haven't really done it in the past, but Aaron Rodgers has that ability to extend plays. So the pass rush can, you know, get to him, but he's going to be moving around and, you know, make these pass rushers so tired throughout the game. So if the, uh, the DBs can't hold their coverage for more than, you know, three or four seconds, the Packers wide receivers are going to run all over them. So he, 
It's got to really ma- Jim Schwartz has really got to make sure that he's uh, calling great plays on this offense because if he doesn't and these cornerbacks get you know lose their assignments and blow their coverages, it's going to be a long day for the Eagles defense. Yeah, it's also going to be crucial for the wide receivers to catch a majority of their passes, if not all of them, and for the offense to limit their turnovers to one or zero, as we saw last week and the previous week, they really hurt us in the end, and we didn't have enough uh, possession with the ball to score more points and ultimately failed to come on top in both of those games. And it would also be important to get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers and really prevent the Packers from scoring on ensuing possessions after the Eagles score a touchdown, just like you saw last week against the Lions, where they would go down the field, have a great drive, Wentz would put it in the end zone, Aguilar had a couple touchdowns, and then on the ensuing possession, the defense would fail um, to keep up that momentum, and the Lions would take it all back, just like that. Uh, Also protecting Wentz at all costs, uh, and can't the offensive line cannot afford to take a rest or give up, just like we saw against the Lions, because um, the one, the number one thing is to keep Wentz healthy, because he's our guy at the quarterback uh, at the helm. So it's crucial for him to stay healthy and lead this team to victories moving forward. As we don't want to fall behind uh, one and three, that'll definitely hurt. Yeah, I want to um, touch back on something Matt mentioned. He talked about the Packers receivers a little bit. And Aaron Rodgers actually said um, he wants to get Devontae Adams more targets. He hasn't exactly gone off to the best start this season, but historically he has played very well against the Eagles and I think Rodgers saying that now it's not coincidental considering they do play the Eagles this week Rodgers knows that the Eagles are very susceptible to being beat with number one wide receivers so that's definitely something they're gonna have to keep on they also have Marquez Valdez scaling so they're a really dangerous receiver group so the corners are gonna really have to come to play and it'll be tough considering they're pretty light-handed for me um my key to victory is just it's simple don't shoot yourself in the foot um, stop making these self-inflicted mistakes because we've seen it. This team is good enough to win any game. They could have won the Lions game. They could have won the Falcons game. Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, they both said it. They're a few plays away from being 3-0. So it really just comes down to executing and really just don't get in the way in your, in, in the way of yourself because, as I said, this team is good enough to do it. It's going to be a very tough task in Green Bay, very tough environment to play in. But if they come out and just play with a free mind, don't worry about what happened last week, just come ready to go. They will have a chance to win this game. Yeah, definitely. But that was almost the whole storyline last year when the Eagles were struggling. Um, Obviously, it was easy to point out, like, hey, if this went their way um, in this game, they'd have more wins. And when they were struggling, it it would always seem like fans, uh, some of the players would always point back to that and say, hey, we could be, you know, 6-0 right now. But in my opinion, the Eagles um, offense and team as a whole were so, um, you know, there's so much hype around them all offseason that they got to live up to that. They can't just keep saying, you know, we should be 3-0 and right now. Yeah, you should move on to the next game and, you know, get back in the win column. Because if you're going to be dwelling on the past and regretting those couple plays, you're not looking forward to the next game. And then you're going to drop the next one. And then you're going to be saying the same thing. It's just going to be a recycle uh occurring recycling and going through their minds all entire season so I want to just kind of break that pattern for this team because you can't be you know living in the past move forward and you know show the NFL that this is the team that was hyped up all offseason show them that you have the depth you have the pieces to get this done no matter what the injuries are no matter what the circumstances are just get it done yeah that's a great point I 
think the Eagles cannot afford to make excuses, feel sorry for themselves, because as Matt said, you really just got to move on to the next game, forget about what just happened, and uh, hope to perform better in the next games. And moving into the next topic is our bold predictions. And mine for this game will be, uh, I think the defensive line will force at least one fumble, and the offense will turn that into a touchdown on the ensuing possession. I think Wentz will really have a great game on Thursday night. Uh, my bold prediction is the Eagles get as many sacks this game as they've gone all season, and they sack uh, Aaron Rodgers at least two times. I think they're eventually finally going to get the message that they need to produce because this group is good enough to do what is they need to do and what they're capable of doing. So I think um, Brandon Graham, Derek Rennett, hopefully Fletcher Cox will step up and um, get to Rodgers, and that'll at least give the uh, secondary a chance to perform and step up. So I think uh, – the defensive line could force two sacks this week. I'm going to continue to hype up the defense. I'm going to say that Devontae Adams is held for under 80 receiving yards. Uh, this is this is really tough for me to put together, but honestly, I feel good about this. Ronald Darby was very suspect in the pass protection the past couple of games, but he's no longer going to be starting. They're going to put Rasul Douglas or Sidney Jones on Devontae Adams and I like their chances with them. I think Jim Schwartz is going to prepare them well for the game, um, you know, help them out with some safety coverages. Camus is going to be back at the in the linebacker group, so the safeties can help them out a little bit more. So I'm feeling good about that prediction, so we'll have to look forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so into some score predictions for me, I'm going to be the first one to go against the Eagles for the first time this year. I'm going to say Packers win this one, 34-23. I think the Packers just simply have too much firepower. This isn't it's really not a knock against the Eagles because even if they were 100%, this would be a very difficult game to win. It kind of reminds me of the Seattle game from a few years ago. So I think the Packers will just be a little too overwhelming and that um, home field advantage will just um, be a little too strong for the Eagles to handle on Thursday. Yeah, I'm also going to say the Eagles are going to lose this one by a final score of 27-17. to And with Alshon and Dallas Goddard playing in this game, I still think the Eagles do not have enough firepower to take down the Packers on the road at Lambeau Field. It's just going It'll be a really tough day, especially for the defense. And I don't know if they'll get enough pressure on Rodgers in order to win this game. Yeah, I totally get what you guys are saying with that. Honestly, on paper, the Packers have this game already. You know, the Eagles have been struggling. They have a great team. They have the home field advantage. So Packers have a great shot at winning this game. But I'm going to have to take the Eagles again because I just don't see um, the Eagles going to one and three on the season. I get the Packers are a good team, but... I feel like Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz are too resilient and are going to come away, come away with a win and realize the circumstances of this game, the implications of, of the future um, here, and it's only week four. So I'm going to go with a 17-10 to 10 Eagles victory. I think it's going to be very low score, and I think the defense is going to hold their own. Um, but I feel like the offense will struggle. I'm not going to say that they're going to come out you know, firing on all cylinders because they're going to have their struggles and only put 17 points on the board, but... I feel confident that the Eagles will come away with a win. Yeah, this could definitely be one of those vintage wins for the Eagles where pretty much a lot of people are counting them out and they come out and perform well. Very well could happen. Um, it's just so tough considering the situation. But in the grand scheme of things, this is almost as close to as a must win as you can get this early in the season because um, when the Eagles have fallen to one and three in the past, they've only made the playoffs 40% of the time. And um, they have they rarely got out of the wild card around when that happened. So, and considering the upcoming schedule they have. We went over this um, on the last podcast. They have a really tough schedule coming up, so they got to do everything in their power to come out Thursday night as um, strong as possible and just 
really grind out a win any way you can. It doesn't matter how good you look, how bad you look, just come out with a W because that's going to be really key going forward getting this game. Yep, and as the Eagles say before every game in the huddle, we all we got, we all we need. I think that's a big message for this week with all the injuries they've had. This is the team they're going into Green Bay in a tough environment, but hopefully they'll be able to get the job done despite all the adversity they faced in the early season and the hype in the offseason uh, with the potential that we could be a great team in the NFC. It hasn't come to fruition just yet, but here's hoping that this can be the start of a big run uh, for the Eagles. Yeah, if you were to tell me in July or August that the Eagles would be in a must-win game in week four. I would tell you that you were crazy and walk away. But, you know, here we are. Eagles are facing either going one and three or two and two with the Cowboys looking to go three and one or four and oh. So really big implications on this game. And it's a tough one to, you know, have as a must-win. So really a lot to look forward to. But uh, we have we covered all that you need for this game. Everything that you need to watch from the offense and defensive side of the ball, what they need to do to be victorious and go back to two and two and you know start fresh and get these players back so that they can have a successful season going forward thank you for tuning in make sure you tune in to the game on thursday night and uh keeping us in mind as we went through all of our bold predictions keys to victory and score predictions make sure you subscribe so you never miss another birds banter and go birds go birds